0: Hello and welcome, everybody, to Flickr Effect, episode 313. This is being recorded on Sunday, November 3rd, 2019. I'm David Lotz. Joining me this episode is Bobby Jackson.
1: Hey, everybody. What's up?
0: Yasha Wilson. Hey, 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 hey everybody. And Michelle Hillard.
2: Hello, everyone. Hello.
0: Happy November. Mm. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Happy November and we actually have decent somewhat decent weather here now like seriously it was like november 1st and like a switch happened here in central florida
2: it was lovely yeah because like going to go back now. halloween
0: night was still like oh god i can't believe it's the end of october this is so muggy and gross and like literally the next morning november 1st i was like i stepped outside and i'm like whoa what happened okay sweet And it's kind of been like that ever <laughs> since
3: just kind of appreciating it too i'm sure Yep.
0: uh plenty to talk about new movies this weekend some new stuff online we'll get to all that let's start off by talking about the box office battle and yes i will issue the correction for last weekend since the actuals came out and it kind of changed things uh so for those who don't know box office battle each week we all predict uh the top five films in the box office we have a little bonus if you can predict uh, within two million for the number one how much it's going to make uh last weekend week seven for since we started this um the, the estimates had come out that weekend and had Joker actually back on number one in front of Maleficent the sequel to Maleficent and uh, when the actuals came out a day or two later that kind of changed up and indeed Maleficent was number one Joker was number two Kind of changed our points a little bit and a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit uh, so I was at 25 Bobby you were at 20 Yasha you were at 10 Michelle you were at 11. But yeah, that's all different now. Uh, Now, Bobby, you're at 24. I'm at 21. Uh, Yasha, you're at 14. Michelle, you're at 13. Mm. After the kind of switcheroo from last week, and then this week happened hanging in there. Um, So the box office this weekend, the number one was Terminator: Dark Fates, pulling in 29 million. Uh, Joker was at number two, with a hair under 14 million. Uh, Maleficent, mistress of evil with 12 million this weekend at number three, uh, new release Harriet at number four with 12 million. And at number five was the Adams family with uh, 8.5. So where does that put us? Uh, I think we all predicted Terminator dark fate would be number one. Indeed we all did. Um, but the rest of it is a little different for each of us. Bobby, or oh, I'll start off with uh, you, Yasha. Yasha, you pulled in one point this week. So you had uh, Terminator <laughs> Dark Fade at number one. Uh, Solid. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, you had three points. Um, if I'm counting things right, you got Terminator Dark Fade at number one, Joker at number two. And uh, what was the other one that you had? Yeah, Maleficent at number three. That was, that was your three points. Um, if it looks it looks like I also got three points. I had uh, Terminator Dark Fate at number one, and I had um, what else did I have? Oh yeah, I got the bonus, so I got two point two points for the the prediction because I predicted thirty million and it pulled in twenty nine, so that was my three points. And Michelle, you had four points this week. Uh, you uh, you got Terminator and the bonus. You had Maleficent two, at number two. So there you are.
2: Woo! Yeah, it's funny because I I want to see Harriet, and I've been kind of looking forward to this film. Totally forgot it came out this weekend. Like, and that sounds really horrible. Totally forgot it came out this weekend. <laughs> it's not horrible. So many movies.
0: There are a lot of movies. Actually, have
1: one to- of the things. Oh, go no, ahead no, for- go ahead, Bobby. I'm just going to say, one of the things that surprised me is that, and it made me think that I need to look a little bit closer at the new releases of the week. Because you had in your number two spot, Snow Dogs, I think it's called, or Ar- Snow Patrol. Arctic something. Dogs. Or, or, there you go, Arctic Dogs. Yeah, I didn't even realize that movie was coming out. And when I saw it on your list, I was like, oh crap, that was a complete overlook on, on my part. Because, I mean... Mm-hmm. Anytime a kid's movie comes out, you want to at least know about it because the potential is there for it to go. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't even know if I've seen a trailer for that movie. So then I started to think, well, maybe a lot of people are in the same position as me. is They don't even know that that movie is out, let alone you know what it's about. And so maybe it'll sort of slip underneath the top five and i think i looked at the the box office and it came in like i want to say down there. maybe a 10 yeah, yeah. So, so it was pretty low so yeah, that's surprising i, I think you're exactly
0: i think you're exactly right i mean i i threw my prediction down on twitter and i was kind of like last minute like oh man i got to do this right now let me let me look quickly at what's coming out and i'll do this and i saw arctic dogs and i was like that's oh, a new animated release i mean you know, it's probably a good chance it'll make some money. Hey. But, but same thing. I was thinking about the fact I'm like, really have not see much about it. I know it's coming out obviously. And I have seen a trailer, but you're right. I haven't seen really any marketing. And sure enough, I was it. Yeah. I think that's got to be the big issue there because n- nobody went to see that movie.
2: No. Yeah. I, I feel like I didn't even see things on TV on this. Oh yeah. There's okay. just no marketing for it.
0: If it's just terrible and, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because I mean, yeah, it was way down at number ten. It pulled in what, a little over three three million. Yeah. So I took a chance Who on it. Who uh, made it? Is it, it
2: DreamWorks? DreamWorks
0: um, well, all it says on the, at least on the, the box office numbers I'm looking at is that the distributor is Entertainment Studios Motion Pictures
1: shit. I don't think I've heard of them before. Nope,
0: I never have either.
1: <laughs> might not hear of them again. <laughs> of
0: course, yeah, I'm trying to okay. look up now. Like, what else I'm missing here? But I, I guess they're the company that made. Them, I don't know. Wow.
3: I'm with you, Bobby. Like when I heard, like when I saw Arctic Dogs, I had to do some research. I was like, what the fuck is Arctic Dogs? I <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I, you've got
0: something you got Angelica Houston and James Franco, Jeremy Renner, Alec Baldwin all on the voice cast. John Cleese.
3: Wow.
2: Oh no, there's there's a crap ton of names attached to this film. Like a lot of names.
0: That's my Heidi Klum, Michael Madsen.
1: <laughs> wow. Has Michael Madsen ever been <laughs> yeah. in an animated? M- no, has he ever oh, done voice work? Just, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I guess they were going for what they could get, whatever budget that they were allotted. But, yeah, I don't think uh, any of that voice talent transferred over. And maybe it'll be one of those things that people find once it hits home video or whatever. But I don't think it's going to last out of the next couple weeks.
0: Yeah, all I see is the production company is AIC Studios, AMBI Media Group and Assemblage Entertainment, I think. And then, yeah, distributed by Entertainment Studios. Oh. Mm. Anyway, mm. enough about Arctic Dogs. Uh Well, while we're talking about the top five movies at the box office this weekend, I'm curious how Terminator Dark Fate was, because unfortunately, I didn't see it. Uh, but Bobby and Yasha, it sounds like you guys both saw it. Mm-hmm. So how mm-hmm. was what is basically now Terminator 3, right? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much.
3: Who wants to jump in Bobby, first? Go for it. I sure. I have to see you, sir.
1: Sure. So, as we know, this is considered the third Terminator film, um, doing what Halloween essentially did and getting rid of the other movies that they don't want to consider as canon and going from the last movie so in this case the T2 is the last film that they're counting as canon and going into this one and within this one uh we have Linda Hamilton actually coming back uh Arnold is still in this series. I think if I'm not mistaken I think he's been in every Terminator mo- movie in one way or another. But Yeah, he has. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, he's back, and um, there's a a couple of additions to the cast. There's Diego Luna as the new Terminator, and um, oh, after all of a sudden forgot her name as the uh, person that's helping uh, the young actress that is also in the movie. And yes, thank you, Mackenzie, Mackenzie Davis, Mm -hmm. and I, I, I was looking forward to this movie because one. James Cameron was involved in executive producing, and then two also because Tim Miller, who had had a lot to do with the success of the first Deadpool movie, was coming in to direct this movie. And <clears throat> my excitement started to build even more so when we were at San Diego Comic Con, because me and Yasha got to see some footage from the the movie that they hadn't shown previously. So that kind of got me into the point where I was like, okay, I think this can work. And after seeing the movie and and really kind of experiencing it in the theater setting, I left very excited and happy for the, the future of this series, which based on the box office might mean that it, there will be no more Terminator movies for quite some time, but... Um, I was happy. I, I, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought Tim Miller did it such a good job of um, creating exciting action pieces because once the movie starts, it, it really takes off. And there's only a few times it s- sort of dips into quiet moments. But I thought that the it when the action was there, it was it was staged and choreographed in such a way where it was it was intense and it kept you kind of engaged. With what was going on on the screen with the action and i thought um as far as arnold schwarzenegger being in it i think this is his best uh terminator performance since t2 in my opinion i, I thought he just was very charismatic and, and had a lot of, he was almost a scene stealer every time he was on, on on screen um i thought he just did a a really good job in terms of being the terminator and there's some twists and turns that happen in it that you don't see. And I just thought, yeah, overall, it was a solid way to try and kick off a new era of Terminator. And unfortunately, the box office doesn't seem to want that to happen. But you never know. I mean, we'll see how it holds up in the second week and maybe word of mouth can help build it. But I would hope that maybe people, more people who were on the fence and hesitant because of being burned in the past would at least give this one a try because I really did enjoy it a lot to the point where I feel like I might want to see it again in theaters because it was such a good ride. Well, Yasha?
3: Wow. Um, I did not feel that way. Uh, (laughs) I did not feel that way in regards to as enjoying it as much as Bobby did I thought it was okay I thought it was fine it was definitely better than some of the previous terminators that we've had as of late um, I did like the fact that if you just pay if you just didn't pay attention to the other movies this being a direct sequel I enjoyed that do I think I, would I see it again in the theater probably probably really that's a strong no um, I felt it was pretty predictable um i thought they could have changed a few things um in the long run when it came to where they were going with the storyline um because i figured it out very very early on and i'd be i'd be absolutely surprised if bobby didn't as well and the special effects in the fight scenes were top notch yeah no hands down Mackenzie davis was fantastic linda hamilton was a lot of fun diego um bonita the or not bonita um The gentleman that plays uh the new terminator he was fantastic um he he i really enjoyed because i felt like he added a very very personal and human touch to the terminator almost in the same vein with a little bit of humor as they did from terminator 2 with the t1000 um just little subtle things that you know you just kind of oh man that was pretty funny like really small subtle comments and his personality really shown through in some of those scenes. I really, really hope that this is the last time that they do this story because they I don't really know if they can keep going at this because it is a lot of just the same story over and over and over and over again. And being a fan of the series or of film and wanting to see what they plan on doing next or what they can do next um, to make it a little bit more exciting, I feel like they've almost jumped the shark when it comes to that not in the sense of just bad like we've all watched movies where they've jumped the shark and it's like oh that was absolutely horrible this i'm just like okay this has been beaten to death i don't think that we need to have another one of these movies i i I personally won't go see it again in the theater i'll probably watch it maybe again when it's on hbo or something like that arnold was really really good so was lyndall hamilton and it was a lot of fun, and you can't help but get jazzed watching them in these characters again on screen. Um, but aside from that, I, I mean, I, I just thought the movie was was fine. I mean, it was it was it was cool. You know, the fight scenes were just absolutely amazing. Like they were a lot of fun to watch. So Tim Miller does a fantastic job with that. But yeah, pay no attention to the other movies that they did. And if you were to watch this one, or excuse me, watch Terminator, Terminator 2, and then this one, it would be, that would be an amazing series. Just boom, boom, boom. And this movie probably would have made money hand over fist if they just didn't do the other bullshit and had, like, released this one, like, you know, 25, 30 years later or whatever it is, like, oh, wow, 40 years later, it's like, wow, you know, this is such a great sequel that, you know, we've been waiting for to kind of see, and it would have been a lot more fun, but... I, I don't know, it was just and that's that's how I felt about it. You know, I'm I'm talking to myself in circles now, but you know, it was okay. All right.
1: And just in case I, I don't know if I said his name wrong, but it's Gabriel Luna that I was thinking of who plays the new Terminator.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, not seeing it this weekend, I kind of immediately realized as much as i said i i want to see it and i'm still kind of interested just now with the schedule and the quality of films we have coming up i'm like yeah unfortunately i probably won't see this in a the theater. i'll probably see this once it's on video at this point because
2: yeah it's it's really not gonna happen it's gonna be a oh it's available to rent on itunes sweet right
0: yeah yeah it's
2: really super not gonna happen
0: probably yeah probably not a few
2: months yeah, yeah. yeah let's have a random yeah. off Another day where thing. I can
0: use my AMC A list to see an extra movie or something. Uh-huh. But
3: anyway, yeah. Right. What was that,
0: Yash? Oh,
3: I was just saying, like looking at the rating that was on imdb.com, I'm looking up the rating that's going to be on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Um, the rating on Rotten Tomato gives it probably is a six. Um, I guess Dark Fate on on Rotten Tomato gave it give it a seventy percent fresh. So that's that's fairly solid. So I mean, I. Hopefully, I mean, it wouldn't be bad, a horrible thing if they, you know, kept making money and at least their budget back because they definitely need to do that. But but this movie is just, I mean, it's, I I feel like they've done this story a lot and they really didn't change much moving forward. Gotcha.
0: Well, did anybody uh, see any other new releases? Harriet maybe or anything else that was new this weekend?
2: N- not really, Bobby. Nothing else. I
0: think that was it.
1: Well, yeah, I did, but not anything that was new this weekend. Um, oh, okay. I got a chance to watch something new for next weekend, which is Doctor Sleep. Ah. Uh, Fandango was having a, a fan event that was for this past Wednesday. You could go watch the movie. And it was it was pretty cool just to be able to see it uh, a week early or Was it a week earlier, or is it two weeks that it comes out? I'm not sure. Oh, it's a week
0: Yeah, it's this coming weekend.
1: Okay. So, yeah. um, And as everyone knows, this is the sequel to The Shining. And it was an interesting way that this movie came about because Mike Flanagan, the director, he had to essentially try and make a sequel from The Shining that everybody knows, which is the movie version that Stanley Kubrick did, but also weave in what the book version of The Shining was and and try and figure out a way to kind of bring the two together as a movie, which would obviously differ from the the Dr. Sleep novel that Stephen King did because his novel follows his Shining novel. So it was kind of a tricky way to have to balance it to make a movie out of it. But apparently when he made the movie, or at least when it was in script form, he... <clears throat> went to the Kubrick estate and they seemed to like what he came up with and he also went to Stephen King and Stephen King blessed it with his approval as well. so at least on the page everybody seemed to be happy with uh, the 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 product and the other aspect I think that should be noted is that as you see in the trailers, there's the Overlook hotel that's in there and they had to essentially rebuild the interiors of the Overlook based off of blueprints that they had from the original Overlook. And so they painstakingly put it together again, which is pretty cool. Um, Ewan McGregor is in it, and um, Rebecca Ferguson is in it. And I, without saying too much, because everyone will get a chance to watch it next week, I Think hands down this was probably my favorite Stephen King adaptation of this year because there's been many of his works and just in general it was such a, a really good movie that I felt like I didn't know anything about this, the plot line other than you know it's Danny Torrance grown up and he's trying to help this young girl who also has the shine ability and is just... I don't know. It just resonated in such a way... I I will set expectations to say it's not a scary movie. It's creepy in some ways, but it's not a horror-type film. It's just a well-made movie that lives within that universe. I have some problems with the third act in some ways, but other than that, in general, it's it's just such a, a good film that lives in that world and brings you back to it. And... I thought Rebecca Ferguson was top-notch in this movie. She, The last time I think I've seen her come off this well was in the Mission Impossible movie when she first appeared. And so in this, she plays the villain, and, and she does it so well. She's so good in this movie. And I just can't say enough about how she was in it, but Hugh McGregor... I think he does a good job of, in terms of embodying a, a grown-up Danny Torrance that's conflicted. And it just plays really well on, on all the different levels in terms of uh, adding more to the, to the lore of The Shining and giving it some areas to go into where you didn't kind of know what could happen after it. Because you would think on the surface of it, what could a sequel bring, but it really expands on it and shows you a difference of what, what else is out there. And I, I really, really, really dug it.
0: Yeah. I, so basically this coming week, uh, there's two nights for sure. Then I'm like, all right, I could see movies these two nights <laughs> and I've already gotten tickets for two movies, but not Dr. Sleep, but I'm kind of torn. there has been a part of me. It's like, cause I've got a ticket to see lighthouse one night and parasite another night. And I'm like, but do I maybe see Parasite and Dr. Sleep or Lighthouse and Dr. Sleep? Though I really want to see Parasite. Wow. I'm pretty sure Parasite is a it is locked into one of those two spots. Yeah, you
1: should lock that one in for sure.
0: Anyway, that's where I'm torn because I really want to see the Lighthouse. And... Yeah,
1: that's hard because, I mean, after seeing everything, I know I would say myself, Parasite and Dr. Sleep, but, Right. you know, Lighthouse is such a unique and individual type movie that, whereas I think that Dr. Sleep is something that you should absolutely go see, especially if you've seen The Shining and you kind of want to know more. Um, Lighthouse is probably one of those movies where, at least for you, David, if you see it, it could be something that might be in your top 10 of the year. Or maybe not, depending on how, how the or movie Or I could hate to. it, you know? <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, you could hate it. But I think um, Dr. Sleep is not a movie that will necessarily fall in your top ten, but you could come out of it saying, yeah, you enjoyed that. You really thought it was good. But right. Lighthouse could go either way. I'm just not sure. Yeah,
0: I'll figure that out. I want mean, to I want to see, see Dr. Sleep. I haven't read that novel, but I have read The Shining. Okay. And I've obviously seen The Shining, and I like both, and they are different. But yeah, I do, I do like the film and the book, and they are different. And I'm kind of curious to see how Doctor Sleep handles it, kind of like you're, you're hinting at, you know. So, anyway, anything else? You watch anything else new, or
1: nope, that's it.
0: It no. Mm-hmm uh well i didn't make it to a movie theater michelle i know you didn't make it to a movie theater no
2: no movie theater this week but
0: uh watch some stuff online um this week we got the release of one of the new streaming services this time around on november 1st it was apple tv plus and went ahead uh, well so when the the service dropped on november 1st they released a few shows uh, The kind of flagship show of theirs right now is the morning show, which stars Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, a few other people, um, Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Um, they've also got C with Jason Momoa. Um, what's the one with about Dickinson? Um,
2: oh, Emily. Is
0: it just called Dickinson, right?
2: Or is it just, called it's just called Dickinson? Yeah,
0: there's that. There's a couple kids shows on there few other handful of like other things mm-hmm. and uh, I was I haven't been that interested in seeing C I'll say that right up front and I haven't watched it yet I was kind of hoping to watch an episode of it before this, ep, this episode be of the to podcast a little bit
2: of judgment just to kind
0: of mm-hmm. see if hey right. maybe it's actually really good or maybe not yeah not so much but I haven't watched that yet but uh, we did go ahead and start watching the morning show and mm. when they dropped they dropped the first three episodes of the morning show and of C I don't know if they did that with every show.
2: I would assume so. I
0: would assume, but we did watch the first three episodes of The Morning Show, and then they're going to be released every Friday from here on out. I think it's a 10-episode season. It should be finished, like, just before Christmas. Um, Yeah, would you, I'll start off with you, Michelle. What do you think of The Morning Show?
2: Oh. Um, well, here,
0: real quick, I'll read, uh, for those who aren't familiar with the show and haven't watched the trailer, I'll read a, a quick uh, synopsis of it. Um So Alex Levy anchors The Morning Show, a popular news uh, program broadcast from Manhattan that has excellent TV ratings and is perceived to have changed the face of American television after her partner of 15 years, Mitch Kessler, is fired amidst a sexual misconduct scandal. Alex fights to remain, retain her job as top news anchor while speaking, sparking a rivalry with Bradley Jackson, a haphazard field reporter whose series of impulsive decisions bring her into a new world of TV journalism. Um, and yeah, Alex Levy played by Jennifer Aniston. Uh, Bradley Jackson played by Reese Witherspoon. Yep. Yeah. So, yep, Michelle, yep. what do you think of the first three episodes so far?
2: Um, I really liked it a lot, actually. Um, I'm pretty down with it. I like kind of the way they're doing the behind the scenes of it all in a weird way. Um, and I think it kind of it makes me feel like like they're eh, I guess best way to explain it like I watch I like watching morning shows I basically grew up watching the Today Show for you know during the the nineties I guess during the height of the Today Showness um and a little bit in the early two thousands and then I switched over to watching CBS this uh, the CBS this morning show and I've always been fascinated with also just like. Like, OK, so, you know, they have to come on here and they have to either deliver us horrific news that's happening or they have a bunch of like little like soft furry kitten stories they're going to throw at us to make us feel better about the world. And the whole time they have kind of their own little personas. And I've always kind of been curious, like, who, what's the real person behind the curtain? What's the real way that they would interact with each other behind the cameras? Like, what's really going on in the hallways? And this gives you an idea of possibly what that could be like in that world. And I, I like that. I like that it's gritty. I like that, like, watching them, you know, work with each other, they're, you know... Well, they they're very honest and they're they're stressed out and they have no sleep and they are all like just running on empty the whole time but anyways it's just it's interesting to watch and it kind of makes me think that that's probably pretty true to how it actually is um and yeah no i'm enjoying the hell out of it i really like the performances that are being given i think they're actually really good um Ah, uh, yeah yes yeah, steve carell's portrayal of his character who's dealing with this uh sexual misconduct thing it's um first of all his character is interesting but honestly the way steve is doing it, it's it's really good um and watching the show it's it's hard not to make comparisons to say the matt lauer scandal that happened a few years ago right there are some similarities there. Also little, little Charlie Rose, you know, it, it, this definitely is, is, is hitting a nerve with current things that are happening in America or in, in, I guess in the business and the Me Too movement and everything. Um, but I don't think it's a reflection of exactly one person or, or anything. I think it's kind of a combination of a lot of things that are happening and they're kind of pulling from different stories here and there to help, uh, write this narrative that we're watching unfold. And yeah, I'm I'm loving it, and then to see the two women, you know, you're I won't give anything away, but you're the first episode, you're kind of watching the two, and they kind of go head to head, and then it's kind of done. But then by the third episode, you're like, oh wow, this is happening, and then I'm really curious to see how this is going to unfold down the road because it is. Yeah, it yeah it it's it's good to see these two personalities really go go head to head against each other because they're very similar but very different all at the same time. So no, I'm I'm enjoying the hell out of it and I I cannot wait for the next episode to drop. I'm I'm down. I'm ready.
0: I'm with you. I I'm surprised how much I liked it. Yeah, but it's really good.
2: It's really good. It's uh, done really well too. The,
0: the entire cast have been impressed with. I mean, you've also got Billy Crudup. Who, yeah he's he's great in the show Oh,
2: he's so good
0: uh there's a as a role played by uh if i'm getting her name correctly gugu and raw
2: yes um and that,
0: she's incredibly good she's i mean she doesn't a have it she doesn't have a ton of screen time in this so far but she's really good which she is on screen um
2: and yeah, she's in uh, motherless brooklyn it's coming oh, out soon oh okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: um yeah, everybody's really great in it. Yeah, you pointed out, and I agree, there's times where Reese Witherspoon's accent seems to kind of drift between a kind of a thicker Southern accent and a not-so-thick Southern yeah, accent. Yeah,
2: that was kind of, that was my but, one thing. But no it's, one, it's
0: yeah. not, it's not annoying, though. To me, it's like I notice it, but it's like, I, I don't know, it's, her performance is still good enough that I'm like, it's fine. Like, it's not not that distracting, I guess.
2: No, her her Um, performance is good. I think that's the one thing that has me kind of annoyed because I can hear it kind of going in and out. And there's times you can hear her laid on thicker during certain situations. And I guess that's her trying to put on her persona of, oh, aren't you sweet, sweet. You know, she's trying to kind of put it out there purposely. And there's other times I think she actually is trying to kind of purposely cover it up. So I'm wondering if that's actually what's happening. Right. I need to see more of the show and more of her accent going in and out to see if that's what's happening. Like it's very specific as to what the situation is and who she's talking to. Yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah, I, I'm fascinated by it so far. I, it's not, i I like that they dropped three episodes cause it was mm-hmm. like, you'd, I, you know, I've definitely fallen into the camp as I am. I am a fan of streaming services, releasing things week by week. I, I know Netflix has not done that. And yeah, there's definitely been times I've been like, all right, I'm going to take the day off and I'm going to binge Stranger Things today, you know, and that can be fun. But I like that they kind of keep the conversation going. Everyone's kind of watching it together. You don't, mm-hmm. you know, you don't feel like you have to rush through an entire season because you don't want to have it spoiled online. Um, but it was nice that they went ahead and dropped three at once right at the beginning because it gave you enough to watch to really get kind of dug in and go, OK, yeah, I really want to keep with this. Because, you know, we've said before, just one episode, sometimes you still are like eh, on the fence.
2: Right. Even I, though
0: I will say even after the one episode, I was like, all right, yeah, I definitely want to watch the other two before yeah. before the weekend's out.
2: I've always had a three episode role, personally. Like I'm always very like give it three episodes. If it, if if it hasn't, wet my you know my palate has my teeth haven't sunk into it, it's right. done. So this gives you that opportunity to prove for it to prove itself within three episodes. I will say though, I was I was in after the first episode. I was like, oh no, this is mm-hmm. I'm down with this. I will say it's funny. We were watching it and you seemed to giggle or laugh the most uh, under Mark Duplass' character. Oh, no, he's great. He's Fine. fabulous. I love Mark Duplass. I have mean, always liked I love him. his humor, mm-hmm. the, his writing, his comedic writing, some of the shows, the other shows he's done, that he's written for and been in or not been in. It's been spectacular, but no, it's you seem to definitely laugh the most hmm. whenever he was on screen. It was funny.
0: Yeah, I'm impressed, especially this is a show that when it was, you know, first being, I guess, shopped, and I think this started off as a bidding war between Apple and Netflix and Apple yeah. got this. Um, you know, this is based on a book, Top of the Morning, Inside the Cutthroat World of Morning TV and you know originally this wasn't going to be about kind of focused on the me too movement but basically i guess once the me too movement kind of happened especially in the today show situation and mm. the cbs situation uh the show got retooled it got a new showrunner, and considering it's a show that's already been kind of ch- it's changed a little bit behind the scenes before we even saw it it's, it seems like they've done a pretty good job i'm, I'm yeah i'm very happy
2: I am too And I I mean It makes me want to Check out Dickinson Even more I've been curious About that show And I'd forgotten That was gonna be On the ABC Plus platform and Or Apple Plus Apple Plus I'm sorry The Apple Plus platform And now I Yeah I think I might That might have to happen Tomorrow So
0: So Bobby, maybe you can help answer this. I guess I'm not even completely aware, but like Apple TV plus, is this a service that's really only available to people who have an Apple device or is it, is it possible to watch this on say like windows or another device that's not Apple?
1: That's a good question. Um, I'm honestly not sure. Uh, I, I know that they wouldn't just make a, a, a streaming service that you had to have something Apple related in order to be able to watch it, that seems counterproductive. I imagine you're able to watch it on a, like if you have a Windows PC, and go to some sort of login area, like an Apple TV plus or something.com or whatever, and be able to watch it. It just doesn't seem like it would uh, make much business sense if you limited just to Apple products, being able to access it and be able to watch it. I wouldn't think so so either, yeah. Especially when I think, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like if you have an an Apple TV or if you have some sort of device, isn't it kind of free right now or like free for the first year or something like that? You know, I thought you
0: had, I thought, I think you had like said something about that on our group text. And I was curious about that because all I saw, because I do have an Apple TV and it was just a one week trial, which is pretty common with, Mm. with stuff with them like this. But I I, now that you mentioned that I thought that there was going to be a longer period of free trial, if you will. But I mean, it's fine. It's five bucks a month right now. It's
2: for the content that I've seen thus far for five dollars. It's totally worth it. Oh yeah,
1: like I do know that um, I remember reading something where it said that if you have an Apple product that you bought within the last. Uh, fill in the blank month I'm not really mm. sure what how long ago it was then you can get the access to the service for a year for free I believe that sounds familiar yeah so I know you just got an iPad not too long ago so you might want to look into that that's true I hadn't thought about that
2: oh yeah yeah, huh. yeah. thanks Bobby yeah
1: at <laughs> yeah that. sure
2: I will say one one more little shout out to the ABC. The only other thing I've really seen was um, for the kids was the new Snoopy show that they have. Yeah, it's Snoopy like in Snoopy space. in space. Very specific like storyline that's happening about Snoopy trying to get in with NASA. It's and pretty when it, cute. And when it started,
0: yeah. I was kind of curious: is this just going to be Snoopy? And then I was like, oh no, here is all the other Peanuts characters in it.
2: Yeah, no, it was good. I like the animation. Yeah, it's it's still classic, but it's updated to today's standards of animation. But it's no it's visually it's really good. It's really and then there
0: cute. there was another show, I don't remember the sh- name off the top of my head, the kids' show oh, that's Sesame from Street the one. Sesame Street Workshop. So it's about these like monsters that are also like I don't think were like handymen or something. Yeah, yeah. they're like
2: the can doable or like what yeah, was it? Like... I
0: don't remember. I don't have it in front of me.
2: Yeah, it was it was kinda cute. Yeah,
0: the kids watched that episode different. of that. Yeah. Anyway, so Apple T V plus so far I'm I'm happy, so- at least with the one show.
2: Yeah, and, and and well, again, it, it does make me curious. The quality that I'm seeing with the other stuff has make me curious. I'm 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 curious to to give the TV sh- the show C an opportunity at least. I'm definitely watching Dickinson at this point because I was curious about it way before. Mm. But I'm definitely watching that one. But I'm curious now. I will give C an opportunity for an episode or two and see what happens in my mind.
1: Yeah, shows like Dickinson make my head hurt a little bit it's because it's doing that um that romeo and juliet thing with leonardo DiCaprio. where like it's
0: a modern take on
1: but yet well in in this case it's sort of reversed in the way that it takes place back in the 1800s or some you know way back when but yet they speak modern and they have modern like phrases Uh... and modern music and stuff in it so it's like, oof, you know, it, it it's yeah, it just makes my head hurt a little bit like <laughs> okay. trying, to, trying okay. to wrap my brain around it. A no, because I'm but. with you
0: and I've come across stuff like that. It's like it's hit or miss. If it's done the right way and really well, then I've been OK with it. But there's definitely been hmm. plenty of examples of, OK, no, you're just doing this as your stick and it's not. I'm, I, right. I'm not enjoying this. I mean,
2: right. you definitely quoted one of the best examples of it, which is Boz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet.
0: Yeah, which I, which I very oh much. Oh my enjoy. gosh,
2: it's it's amazing. But yeah, like mm-hmm. I remember
0: the first time at the first, I don't know, this pops into my head. I think the first time I saw a night's Tale, I'm like, that's oh, the,
1: why I was, God. the second one. God,
0: it's <laughs> sorry. You know what's you know what's really <laughs> funny about
2: that is I remember the first time I saw A night's Tale, however many moons ago. I mean, I saw, I think I actually saw it in the theater, and I remember sitting there going. This is not working for me And then almost as soon as I watched it the second time I was like I love this What the hell well, Like, Was I in a weird it. mood or something But now I'm like it's one of my favorite like movies I'll throw it on in the background I love watching Night's Tale in the background It's the best cool. I know that's so weird it's not a great movie. I will say it's not great, but no,
0: I don't think you mean it that way. Yeah. I quickly
2: got over the it's whole like easy just,
0: movie to watch. Right, it
2: totally is, and and then I like I actually en- I actually enjoy some of the their banter back and forth. I actually enjoy the updated soundtrack to it. Like it's just one of those weird things that I I'm I, I was super on board the second time I watched it. The first time I was like, Ugh, no, this is not happening. Anyways.
0: So the other new thing that both you and I have watched, Michelle, is The King on Netflix. Um, this is a new film from director uh, David Michaud. Uh, he, the only other thing I think I'm familiar with him from is the film Animal Kingdom, which was excellent. Oh. Um, I've never seen the Animal Kingdom show. And I don't think he has any involvement in that. But uh, the movie I very much enjoyed. And so he was the director of that. And this film, and I'll read the synopsis of this. This is written by Netflix. Uh, Hal, played by Timothy Chalamet, a wayward prince and reluctant, reluctant heir to the English throne, has turned his back on royal life and is living among the people. But when his tyrannical father dies, Hal is crowned King Henry V, And is forced to embrace the life he had previously tried to escape. Now the young king must navigate the palace politics, chaos, and war his father left behind and the emotional strings of his past life, including his relationship with his closest friend and mentor, the aging alcoholic knight, John Falstaff, played by Joel Edgerton. Mm -hmm. Um, So this film is, uh, it seems to be, you know, from my understanding, uh, it's based on a several Shakespearean plays, the Henry ad, um, which I am not going to pretend to have any familiarity with. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't even uh, ask me to like compare. I I love Shakespeare, but I'm I I haven't consumed a lot of Shakespeare.
2: You never read Henry the Fifth?
0: No, I don't. If I did, I obviously don't remember it well.
2: Right. <laughs> I, I might <laughs> have a long
0: time ago. I as a some type of schoolwork but no i don't think i did
2: gotcha did you i did and i i remember it enough but i don't remember it in very big detail i will say when it comes to reading shakespeare shakespeare is a a multiple read kind of a thing to really get all the layers i think really well into your mind um the nuances that he wrote in in most of his plays and novels are deep right um i usually wind up I, I feel like reading Shakespeare definitely is a two, three or four time kind of a read. I mean, Romeo and Juliet's a little more shallow, but I will say some of the other stuff is really deep. Like the more I read Julius Caesar, the more I loved Julius Caesar. Right. Anyways. Um, so, I mean, uh-huh. my my understanding
0: is, you know, David Michaud is trying to make a, a film that's a, more historically accurate, but it definitely mm-hmm. seems to be kind of... Definitely taking inspiration from the Shakespeare work, yeah. Definitely the character of Falstaff, which is a fictional character,
2: yes, 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 yes. And um, then the drama that is ensuing. I mean, there was drama historically, but it, right. he really brings it home, right? And I will say, what was interesting, um, I don't know if you caught it, there were some modern day phrases that were used,
0: yeah, there during the conversations. You know, the funny thing about that, I was as we were watching it, we just the other day, I had. For this this was the second time for me and the first time for you, we watched The Witch. Mm-hmm. And in The Witch, they that director really is going out of his way to have them speak like what should be historically P- correct period language, yes. you know, and going from watching that and then I'm watching this, and it definitely crossed my mind early on. They're at a table in a, like a very early scene talking. Having, there's some dialogue. And just the way they're talking, I'm like, yeah, this is not...
2: they it was it's funny everything is pretty historically accurate to the period except for their dialogue it was i wouldn't say it's modern day but at the same time it's not like modern day slang no 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 but there were some like weird phrases that it was like that's a phrase that i know was not around in the 15th century call me crazy um but even so i'll bring this around real quick so even so even with the dialogue not being period conversation dialogue i still found myself really enjoying the king a lot like i was very happy watching this story unfold um i think there was a few times i i, I don't even want to say the word slow but there was a few times i was kind of like this feels a little woolly. but pretty quickly there'd always be something right behind it that kind of was like oh we're back in like The game is afoot. Like it was very, it was very intriguing. I liked watching everything play out. I thought Timothy Chalamet was amazing. I really liked him Mm -hmm. a lot in this. Like that kid is—he's killing me. He's definitely one of the best up-and-coming actors of our time right now. Like of young actors, it's—he's crazy good. And yeah, I mean, I won't give anything away, but by the end of the movie, it was like the last like thirty to an hour of that movie, thirty minutes to an hour of that movie that time it ended, I was like damn it I want more like I wanted more I was like son of a they could totally make more another film to back up this one I, I would I would be enthralled
0: yeah I mean I think this clocks in at like two hours 20 mm-hmm. minutes it's if I remember correctly and yeah when it ended I was like oh wow it's over
2: yes <laughs> I was like damn it
0: I mean, with that said, it's not a fast paced film. There's no. definitely the, the movie takes its time. Mm-hmm. And I also will admit, you know, I I enjoyed the film, first of all. But I also just love this history. So there's mm. a part of me that just enjoys watching this a movie set in this period that seems to really be going out of its way to be what appears to be historically accurate with the, the, the costumes, the all the armor. Yeah, the armor. Um, it's, that was just fascinating to watch as someone who mm-hmm. loves this kind of thing. I was just enjoying being in this, this Aesthetic. world for, you know, over two hours, but yeah, there's definitely times that I could say that this is not for everyone. Cause it, it can drag a bit.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not for everybody. They, they take their time setting the scene for everything that happens,
0: but I, I for one, enjoyed it. Yeah, it's not perfect. There's certain aspects of it that I have problems with. And, I, you know, I don't want to spoil anything either. But I will say, like, f- one thing I'll try to mention is that the movie is definitely taking a, pos- a position, at least that Henry V seems very concerned with, you know, not you know, warmongering and, you know, the cost of war. It, it's, it is a reoccurring theme in this mm-hmm. film that he mm-hmm. is not his father. That he is right. not just going to run out and, you know, just start battling. Right.
2: He's not going to um, take apart every little thing that happens and start a war because he's like, oh, that was like an fu you in my face. Well, screw him. I'm battling him, which is basically what his father did do.
0: But there are but then there are moments that happen in this film where that seems to shift. And I don't think the storytelling does a good enough job as to selling me on that change. Like when when Henry V suddenly doesn't seem like that person anymore, I was in the film going, "Wait, what? I I don't buy it." Like not based on what I had seen so far, it didn't seem fitting. And yeah, like going back to, oh, I wanted more of this. This did feel like this could have been a good story told over like a five episode miniseries, you know?
2: Totally. And totally taking more
0: time. I that I would have been happy with.
2: Yeah, hell, even just you know like four hour and a half episodes that would have been super it it, it, it could have gone on longer and it could have just had more enthrall. and I know what you're saying there's a his character shift the dynamic shift you know is all supposed to be pushed by the people that are surrounding him in his world and his throne and I never really felt that they it was depicted how they shoved him to become such a paradigm shift in his own opinions like right. for him to shift like that i was kind of like that was pretty quick actually they didn't really edge him too hard i mean they did a little bit but not more than i thought that they, like i feel like they, they should have made him there should have been more of an explanation as to why else and he was like okay well now i've been screwed over so many times and now i am going to turn into this person right and that didn't seem to really happen at least on screen but I still really enjoyed the hell out of it and I liked a lot of the other co-actors um, that were in it.
0: Robert Pattinson in this film is yeah, like a very thick French accent and I mean, I'm no expert on French accents but he pulled it off. No, Man, it was really, like, really good. It was very good. Um, it was
2: That was, I will say if anything, his accent was, it, I guess some people could take it as almost cartoonish but it's not because what it is is I think he actually took it as to If I were in this period, how would I speak French? And if I was living in this time period speaking French, how would I then learn English? And that's what he did. Like, it was really impressive, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, of my very, very small understanding of the French language and what I have and accents. It was really good. I was impressed with it as well.
0: Yeah. Everyone in it. Lily Rose Depp, who we don't see a lot in it.
2: For the 10 minutes you have her. I loved her. Mm -hmm.
0: So yeah, I, I think we both enjoyed the King.
2: I highly recommend the King for a Netflix film. I was like, I was very impressed, right. very impressed. And yeah, I can't can't say enough about how much I love Timothy Chalamet. Did you? I guess you weren't. You, oh you no, are, I, I liked oh, him too. Okay. You kind of had this look like, and I was like, oh, oh no, no, really? No.
0: no, I thought he was great.
2: Oh no, I thought he was fabulous. Anyways, so yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. well, that's what I watched this week.
2: <laughs> and then I saw The Witch for the first time.
0: Oh yeah, you saw The Witch. Yeah, I did. <laughs> really quick, what do you think? I of saw it. it. it we happens. haven't we haven't talked about it.
2: We have not talked about the witch. And, and? okay, so the witch. Because <laughs> David really enjoys this movie, so I'm really. Well, no, like...
0: I, I mean to recap, I, I as I said the before on this podcast, the first time I saw it, I walked out going, um, I don't know about this, like, and I again i think it had a lot to do with marketing and expectation of the kind of movie i was going into and uh-huh. i walked out of it going oh wow that was not the movie i expected and it i had to kind of like really pull myself away from the expectations and okay yeah that's not what i expected but how was it you know and now watching it again yes i i definitely enjoy that film i think it's a very good movie um i enjoyed it a lot more the second time that i did the first time
2: oh that's good
0: and, and but I think the expectation thing is a big reason for that you know I went into it a second watching knowing what I was gonna see right, you right, know? right, right, right. the kind of movie it was and I was able to appreciate a lot of the stuff that happened in it a lot more I think when that second viewing
2: well I will say that I went into it pretty much knowing what I was gonna get out of that film um I I was I was I, was, I I definitely understood the impression was basically this is a horror story if you were living in that time frame. Like, it's a Puritan version of the worst case scenario of what could happen to you, to your life. Like, it's a horror story for that time frame. And it, in that mentality it's a fabulously well told horror story <laughs> like it's it's delicious in modern times i think it's more just a um a mental image of how much faith and reality and what was happening and how much um i guess i don't want to say like when you when you're displaced out of a group and you're biased like the the loneliness of being without other people like what it can do to your own psyche and how much religion can play into that especially in the situation it was just really entertaining in that sense so it's like on one side i really enjoyed it for what it's trying to be and i also enjoy for what it is depicting like how i think modern people are interpreting it Mm -hmm. so i like it for both reasons and i really enjoyed i really enjoyed it i don't want to say i loved it but i really enjoyed this movie and i actually think the way it ends is is, is pretty perfect like it was like oh this is spectacular right um
0: yeah going into the isolation thing i mean uh robert, that's the word, isolation. robert Uh, robert eggers who by the way yeah if we, we mentioned before he directed the lighthouse which we talked about earlier yeah um you know he he has said he's not actually a horror movie fan but he is a huge fan of the shining and he he know he recognizes himself there is a lot of uh the shining in this story
2: there is I think it's 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 just there's so much when it comes to humans in isolation, and there's so much that plays into our own minds and how things can get weird honestly and he really dives into that, and he uses the idea of basically a god what was it a seventeenth century eighteenth century horror like what it would be like to like live in a horror story at that time frame and this was like this was the perfect idea of that like if you were a person of this kind of religious belief system of the way the world was just what you your you know your closest neighbor is not within shouting distance like how everything is set up is that is literally like worth that that is cabin in the woods my friends like that is just you know placed in that time frame and yeah the isolation and then just the religious like your belief system you know that your their religious belief system at that time was that was you that was a part of you that wasn't like kind of a part of you like it is kind of now like it was 50% defining your personal character like that's what was happening and so it was just interesting to to see everything kind of through those people's eyes no, I I really enjoyed it. I thought the performances were really strong. I thought the story was really strong. It's it's really good and visually it, it's it's an entertaining thing to watch. The color scheme is all within a certain range, except for with one person, it's a much different range. But that's like the the light of the the scheme. I don't know. It was just really interesting. I really yeah. liked
0: it a lot. I it.
1: And and Black Phillip is just the creepiest. Like who knew goats could be <laughs> so. so creepy <laughs> it's so good.
0: which it sounds like i mean from the little bit i've kind of looked into the film after watching it the second time like the black philip i don't think was originally intended to be so present in the film i think i think it was just mm-hmm. a matter of the the goat actor did not cooperate apparently. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, Robert Robert Eggers, like he said like that that goat did not want to be there and did not want to be shooting this film. Mm-hmm. Not
2: want to be on screen, did um, not want to behave.
0: Yeah. Could
2: have given two I mean, shits. You less. would never
0: tell watching the film, it seems perfect. The way no, he's he used in the film is perfect. Uh, yeah. Anyway. I'm uh, glad you like it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, yeah, that's that's all we've watched.
3: Anything been else? Any
2: news this week? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you
1: should watch anything else.
3: Um, you know, nothing really worth mentioning. I'm trying to watch and stay into this show that I got into. Um, just a sitcom. Uh, I can't remember the name of this. It. Like, it's called. Um, give me one second. Sorry about that. It's called. Um. And I can't find it. So obviously <laughs> yeah. not worth mentioning. Uh, the guy oh, Sunnyside, that's what it is. Oh. Oh. Yeah. And I've tried to get into that. It's really not great, but yeah. I kind of just watch it a little bit here and there. I'm just like and it's funny, like I watch it and I think about it when it comes to like addressing it with you guys on the show. And it's just like I will genuinely be surprised if this show makes it past the first season.
1: Oh, I guess you hadn't heard the news, (laughs) because it's definitely not making it past the first season. I think it was the first casualty of the new season, in fact, that they mentioned um, maybe a couple weeks ago that uh, I think they had aired its last episode on NBC, and all the rest of the episodes that they have for the season will be on the NBC app, I think, that you can watch. (laughs) So,
3: Yeah, yeah, not even on air. Yeah. I I pretty much watched it when I work out, like when I do my cardio and i just like, you know, something that I don't necessarily need to pay attention to. But I, Mm -hmm. you know, try to. I think it had potential. I think some of the characters that they had in there were absolutely terrible, like just just really, really bad. Um, They had this couple on there, not even a couple, but a brother and sister duo that were these supposedly incredibly wealthy asian people that were trying to get their citizenship and they were i just found them remarkably annoying like nothing about them was was even close to funny um but i liked the premise of a disgraced congressman or senate uh, whoever he was but anyways not for not like i'm just you know trying to stay up to date with my my little sitcoms that i like to watch and stay on top of watchmen and you know the movies and find time to be able to do that so yeah that's really what i do that's pretty much all i do i haven't watched anything super new or anything like that yeah well i mean
0: i will say yeah we're now two episodes in a, into a and mm. third episode what just started uh and i'm definitely all in on that show I
2: mean, oh my god oh, yes yes it is so good
0: it is so good and then Silicon Valley started last weekend and then, Yes it did. Is it, it
2: did.
0: Is it tonight that his dark material starts?
1: Yes.
2: Oh man, why is everything uh, happening? My oh gosh, too There's much <laughs> So much content on TV all at one time.
1: Don't god. worry, Michelle, just watch it at 1.5 speed and you'll be all caught up.
0: Oh god. Oh,
2: Bobby, <laughs> let's not start this conversation. Oh, Bobby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh. I thought that might get a little little rise out I'm of it. Gonna you. let
0: that go, or yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to go watch Watchmen. I don't want to be on here for another hour. Um, <laughs> ooh, yeah. Uh, anyway, unless you guys have anything else. Uh,
1: no. Uh, well, I will mention that uh, just real quickly because yeah. Michelle had mentioned. Was there any news? And I think since the last time we were all together. One of the the bigger news items that happened was that, uh, well, okay, one of the bigger news ones was that Benioff and Weiss are now not doing a Star Wars movie, <laughs> not even the trilogy. Oh yeah. Because uh, essentially, they the the story that they put out was that because of their Netflix deal they signed that they won't have time to do the Star Wars films, but. It's a lot deeper than that, and I think either Hollywood Reporter or possibly Hollywood Reporter and Variety did stories on it that explain a little bit more in detail what happened there. And, uh, you know, I think the bummer of the news for me mostly, not necessarily specifically that they're off the project, but the fact that it's been said that they were doing a formation of the Jedi storyline that they were going to be working on that now that they're not working on it and we don't know if someone else will come up come around and pick that up and continue doing that or if it's scrapped altogether which to me that's a bummer if it is because i would have loved to have seen something like that in the star wars universe on the big screen
0: yeah it's I think I'm just mostly, I'm not, I'm bummed first that they're not doing that. I I think it would have been a cool trilogy to do. And if indeed they're not just going to find other filmmakers to work on it and it doesn't happen, that's a bummer. I'm also just annoyed at the whole situation with Star Wars right now, where it's like, this seems to be an ongoing problem um, where I don't know if there, it's just a vetting issue with filmmakers or if it's a... It's probably a more complicated situation, but just having so many filmmakers being pushed out of projects or dropping out of projects. And, and that's why I get hesitant to get excited about certain announcements. Like when we talked about Kevin Feige on here and Star Wars and I kind of took a position of, yeah, that sounds cool, but we'll see. Like, And the reason is because of stuff like this. like. Right. You know, it's hard to get excited about Star Wars announcements when I feel like they are pulling the trigger too quickly in announcing these things. You know, obviously the Benioff Benioff and Weiss situation sounds like hey, they as soon as like they knew it was going to happen, it's like they put it out there. I don't know if because they knew it was going to leak or it did leak. I don't think this one leaked, but sounds like it should have waited like they were nowhere near even probably pre-production at that point and right. you know for them to pull out of it for you know a lot of different reasons that were pointed out in those those news reports from Hollywood Reporter and I guess Variety yeah I uh, know stuff like this you know like we got a Ryan, Tro- Ryan Johnson announcement and say what you will about Last Jedi and I have mixed feelings on it but I'm excited about a trilogy from him and but we all we know is that he's apparently making a trilogy like and who knows knows. when and i've heard that after knives out he's probably still going to do one more film before anything to do with star wars so
2: no it's gonna be some time before that happens
0: yeah that that's where i'm just I'm, i'm bummed as a star wars fan i i hate that we live first of all in a world where now star wars fans are divided after last jedi and you know, that that's already annoying. And then it, it doesn't seem that, like, Disney slash Lucasfilm can really get their shit together with what they're doing with this franchise. And they've put out major theme park lands that apparently are not doing all that well, at least compared to what they expected. Uh, I don't know. It just, bums you me know, out.
1: at this point, I'm resolved to the fact that we might not see another Star Wars movie in theaters for... Until like 2024, you know, basically five years from now yeah. after That's all right. yeah. and I'm hoping that if that is the case, that they get a team together to do a trilogy of movies that they map all three movies out mm. ahead of time in this five year gap so that either they can film them all back to back or something or that they at least know what the overall storyline is going to be because that was probably one of the dividing parts of what made this new trilogy um, shift for fans. So being able to all be on the same page with this time gap should allow them a way to bring the fans back together, especially if you start to go way back in the day where none of us have any frame of reference that we can point to because there's no specific canon that takes place that far back in, in, in Star Wars history. So. People can't be saying, oh, that's not how it should be because they have a, a, a blank slate. So I think they should really take this time to uh, do their best to be on the same page, make something cohesive that can stick for three movies, and really build out this whole franchise again on the on the big screen. It'll suck to have to wait that long, but hopefully we'll have plenty of stuff on Disney Plus to keep us um, occupied in the meantime.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. Mm. And in the meantime, I am excited about the Mandalorian. I think it looks fantastic. Yeah. Hopefully, it is fantastic. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm all thing. for high quality TV stuff. You know, I mean, yeah, the other things that we have coming from them, obviously the Obi Wan,
2: yes
0: mini series. I guess you yeah. will and the Rogue One kind of prequel series.
2: Mm, uh-huh. I'm excited for that one.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for all of that. So. Real quick,
2: Um, I was just going to. The only thing I was going to bring up was um, there were two uh, announcements for like release dates. One was for The Witcher, and I don't have that one pulled up. But the one that really has me excited is the release date that is April 8th, 2022. We get the second Spider Man verse.
3: Yeah, Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah.
1: You know, it's not surprising, I guess, because we knew that they, as soon as the first one was a hit, that they were going to make a second one.
2: Oh, right. And
1: it feels like that's about right in terms of timing because it's animation and how long it takes mm-hmm. to make it. Four years, I guess, is what we're looking at between mm-hmm. the time the last one came out and the new one. So, yeah, I mean, it all it all fits, and it's just good to have that announcement. And, you know, I mean, the the hardest part is just waiting around right. for that time, but it's nice to hear it officially announced it and knowing that we have that to look forward
2: to. Yeah. It wasn't so much and like you know an if it was like a win, when. when is it going to happen? Yeah. Now it's like, Oh yep. We're, we're officially 100% ago. Like we're getting a second spider verse. Thank God.
3: Yeah. And just like, I mean, like to re you know, say it too. It's like, that's actually not that bad of timing mm-hmm. either. Like that's pretty quick when you consider like, I think Bobby, we were talking to my buddy and you know, it turns out that they worked on that for a very, very long time and then to have them say that they're turning around and they have something that they're yes, we're ready to go ahead and start releasing information about it. Like that's kind of a good sign.
2: Oh no, it's super impressive, especially one in animation it takes a, a while to do, but two, this level of animation that you know, we received in this first film and what we're going to get co- hopefully consistently in the in the future films. No, man, it's 4 years is about right. I'm I'm pretty pretty okay with it all. It seems pretty quick.
3: Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. Is just consistent with the animation because the animation for the first one was absolutely gorgeous.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
3: And
0: since you brought up The uh, Witcher, the release date is December 20th
2: of this year. Oh my gosh, say. that's really soon. Sweet.
1: And the other final little thing, a tidbit that got announced was uh, Peyton Reed is back, and we have an Ant-Man 3 coming out.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah.
1: And I believe they said that's coming out in 2022 as well. Which, yeah, that sounds if right. If that's the case, yeah. that's a, a post-Phase um, 4 announcement sort of yeah. thing going on. Right. So, it's interesting.
2: I, I'm excited. I like the Ant-Man films. Yeah. I think they're fun. Yeah. They're I enjoy them. I take them for what they are. They're just a lot of fun. I like it.
1: They're like nice side adventures in a mm-hmm. way to what's going on with the in the regular parts of the even though they do still dovetail in but it's just they're just nice kind of on their own movies where it, it's the, the the very much the lighthearted aspect of the mcu that goes on in those movies yes
2: exactly yep totally
0: well that's gonna do it for this episode this week uh, as always we would love to hear back from everyone listening you can email us at feedback at flicker we are also on twitter and instagram at flicker underscore effect on youtube at youtube.com forward slash flicker effect all the different places check us out let us know what you think send us your questions and comments with that i'm david lott
1: i'm bobby jackson
0: i'm yasha wilson
2: and i'm michelle hillard
0: thanks for listening We'll <laughs>